going to VAR. They're checking. <laughs> hey, Connie. Check complete. Let's head over to the bar. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the VAR Bar podcast. It is episode 162. My name is Jake. I'm, of course, a resident Chelsea fan. And it is me and one of the other boys once again. But this time, of course, we've upgraded. It's Drew. How are we doing, lad? <laughs> we upgraded. <laughs> I'll take that <laughs> over press. I'm sure he will love that as well. But yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, oh, I'll tell you what. It's been, it's been a very good weekend. Obviously, in the UK, it's been 30 degrees. So yeah. you've either been enjoying it or you've been melting alive. Although... Mm-hmm. I will say this, very British, the amount of people I've seen in hoodies today is just wow. disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah now over here we we're having a little we heat wave ourselves as well. And um with heat waves for me always comes with um hay fever and I'm a perennial sufferer since since forever I can remember to be honest. So yeah, it's a bit fifty fifty for me at the moment. Yeah, I mean, as as one of God's children, I don't suffer from that. So, um, <laughs> no, highly that, favored, yeah. highly blessed, man. I'm now, nah, oh. man. I'm finished most times, but I've got this yeah. strong tablet. But I think my body, like, I don't know, man. Sometimes it fights it. Sometimes it just, it just a very, very sometimes. Not, not a lot of times actually. It gives over, but a lot of the times it just fights it, and I'm just sick regardless. But. <laughs> Yeah, I I couldn't be doing that. I'd be way too weak. I'd just be giving up. Like, there's no tomorrow. So, <laughs> all credit to you and other hay, hay fever sufferers. You can actually make it outside. Like, Kenna, who did it for half an hour on Saturday. Shout out him. <laughs> We're not all built different. Um, but, Drew, before we get into it, because obviously we've been away for a little bit and it has been cup final season. So, for the listeners, we are going to be discussing all the cup finals we've just had. But the 2022-23 season is now done. It is finished, yep. finito. It is now pre-season. We're in the awkward stage between nah, the season nah, vision. Nah, nah. And in, terms st- of, in terms of club football, I think internationals, there's still, ah, st- there's still things, <laughs> there's still things going in. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I asked Prez this last time. I'll ask you as well. What's your overall opinion of this season now it's over and we can start reflecting? Um, for me, I thoroughly enjoy this season just from an objective point of view. Um, I thought this season, um, if I was, if I was to just talk about like, you know, domestic competitions have been, has been very entertaining. Um, obviously in terms of the Premier League, um, Liverpool has been absolutely terrible. Like this, this has probably been worse yeah, one of our worst seasons that, that, that I've ever witnessed, to be honest. Uh, and we still managed to finish fifth. Um, and also, um, but then in the in the in the Eredivisie, one the other club that I support, final they did win their league, so in in fantastic fashion as well. So I've I've had a bit of a up and down um, season, so to speak, uh, even as a neutral to see like the the yeah, can we call it a title race? Arsenal, Chelsea, Arsenal and City. Um, but yeah, it, it was a title race for most part of the season, to be honest. Uh, to see how that ended up. Um, Arsenal not winning the league has been thoroughly entertaining as well. Uh, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea being crap, crapper than us. So that, you know, that, that gave us a little cushion. Uh, yeah, man, I think this season has been entertaining. I think like if you was a neutral, 
you'd have definitely and you'd have definitely enjoyed uh, this particular Premier League season. Too many storylines, relegation as well. Um, yeah, man, more of that with with Liverpool at the top of the at the top of the table next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I mean I I sent it to Prez last week, so I'm not going to go on last last time. Sorry, but I'm not going to go into too much detail. Just the fact that like we had the World Cup in the middle of it. It's just been the most bonkers season. And mm-hmm. um, your point on Chelsea, I definitely think we need to do a curious case on that because that was, eesh, I think saying just crap is probably an understatement to that. But <laughs> again, we can do that in another episode is really dive into how fucking wank we were. Um, but we will move on because it's not. I'm not here to talk about my team. We're here to talk about cup finals and we're going to start off. With, Where are we starting? It's got to be Istanbul. It's got to be the Champions League. So mm-hmm. it happened last night as we record. So when you guys listen to it, it would have happened Saturday night. And on paper, this was supposed to be the most one-sided Champions League final, I think, in recent memory. I mm-hmm. can't remember one that everyone was going, yes, see, you're going to win that. Mm-hmm. However, thankfully, football isn't played on paper because otherwise that'd be very fucking boring. Mm-hmm. And I think think Inter Milan came out against City thinking they had the proper underdog mentality, siege mentality, everyone's against us, no one thinks we can win. Completely no pressure. And they came out and they came to play. Like Inter were pressing as high up the pitch as I've seen anyone press City really. They mm-hmm. were covering every blade of grass. Like they were working so hard without the ball. Mm-hmm. And that was despite having no reward. Like, mm-hmm. Dzeko and Martinez were not getting them out of their half. And on the other side, you've got City just not being able to create anything against that defence. Like, they just could not get it past even the middle part of the pitch. Although, side note, I will say, Drew, their XG in the first half was more than their in fire in the entire final against Chelsea. Just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, get that in, man. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got to take my wins where I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, second half, City get the breakthrough. And it came from the man we all expected to break through. Of course, Rodri putting mm-hmm. that home ever so nicely. Um, although I will say this, those attempts to block that ball were horrendous from Damian and Kalhanoglu. They, like, Kalhanoglu literally hid behind mm-hmm. Damian. That was rubbish. Um, so obviously you go one nil down the cup final, you're going to start chasing. That's what Inter did. They went for it. They didn't just sit back and continue the game plan. Then they got more on, brought on my boy, Romelu Lukaku. And fucking hell, that's like, worst cameo of all time. Worst substitute appearance of all time. To be honest, to be honest. I'm not gonna jump. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump on that. To be honest, because at the same time, yes, he missed a couple guild at chance. Nah, he missed. I think one guild at chance, and obviously he stood in uh, Demarcio's way <laughs> <laughs> in a very in a very donkish way. But you know, as soon as he came on, things were happening. To be honest, and he was create he was creating chances, and I think he was better than Jekyll and Lautaro Martinez together. So in that little short spell of time that he was on, so for me. Um. Yeah, worst cameo ever. <laughs> you could put it there, but at the same time, I think it's it's a little harsh at the same time as well, man. Because yeah, he did cr- create some sort of chaos, but comes with the territory with that with that guy, man. Bolingoli. Yeah, 
Me- Megan the Stallion is going to have a fire song about him in a couple of mm-hmm. years' time. I reckon that is going <laughs> to she get a good feature on that as well. Oof. Okay, that could be a game changer. But um, yeah, like I'm, we have to start about it because Drew City have completed football. They've won the treble. They have emulated the United ninety nine side alongside the various European acts of trebles. Talking Pep's Barcelona and Enrique's Barcelona, um, mm. Heineke's Bayern, Mourinho's Inter. Mm-hmm. Jockstein Celtic, if you want to go that far back, mm-hmm. and Cruyff Ajax. And- yeah, Cruyff Ajax. Is there one? I swear Liverpool there don't one? want as well, haven't they? Or we don't. We did it with a League Cup, I think. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you didn't win the league. You won the like you won the League Cup, the FA Cup, and the Europa League. I think at the time, in the early yeah, no, nah, I mean right? like yeah, we, yeah, we done that obviously, but I mean like the um in the eighties. Oh, you didn't say yeah, fair enough. Yeah, we, no, no, but we, we didn't win the FA Cup, I think. We won the League Cup, so yeah, that doesn't oh, really count. Bloody, yeah. tre- bloody tre- treble, yeah. right? It's almost as bad as United's me. treble from like five years ago. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, nah. so City have completed football. What are your thoughts? I'm in severe pain, man. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I do not wish anything good on this Man City, apart from obviously... Uh, you know, winning the league, I could give them that because they they've, they've been doing that. But one thing that at least Liverpool had over them in in this little battle that we've had over the past five years or something was the Champions League. Um, and now yeah, and now they have that as well. So yeah, I'm in pain, man. But isolated from that, like, you know, from my subjective views, like objectively, this has been a fantastic achievement, man. They've done uh treble treble and a treaty in one season. Um, I wouldn't say like with um, odds stacked against them in all competitions, to be honest, because, you know, City are City, are City in it. So they will be favourites, or one of the favourites at least. But obviously for a long time in the league, it looked like, you know, Arsenal was going to, you know, end up winning the league. In the Champions League as well, they've had to come up against some tough teams. So this is not one of them. Like on Inter side, Inter had like an easy, quote-unquote, quote easy run. For a City, they had to beat Bayern. They had to beat... Uh, Madrid and then they had to obviously face um, Inter in the final so they, f- they thoroughly deserved it man like there's, there's nothing you, there's nothing you can say you can you can't be like oh they were lucky here that nah they thoroughly deserved it they earned their they, yeah they earned it man and I can't I can't do nothing but nah I don't want to congratulate them it's just yeah they deserved <laughs> it and, and we'll see what they do next season yeah, it's, it's just like a nod. Like, yeah, fair yeah. play. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, I think I saw it earlier on like football Twitter. And it's just, I like people like, oh, I think we have to take the day off. Oh, wait, there's actually no city fans <laughs> that are going to be insufferable. Exactly. So it's fine. Did you see, um, did you see like the, um, because obviously last year in Paris, me and Kenna were there in it for the like the Champions League, the mm. like the build up. But did you see like the, the fan zone in, in Istanbul? Dead. I don't know. If, it looked so dead. Dead. Absolutely, there was no one there. Bro. there that, like how? <laughs> it, that honestly, is actually bad. Yeah, I'm pretty sure West Ham took more to Prague, and that stadium yeah. some like eighteen thousand capacity. Like insane, insane. Um, that was crazy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right on the playing side. City, it's not against all odds, but at the end of the day, just because you're favourites doesn't mean you win. That is, mm-hmm. and they had to overcome that. The only thing I will mention, and I, it's. I don't know why it doesn't get more coverage. Maybe because it's like people sound like they're bitter and something like that. 
Mm-hmm. But obviously this season it came out the 115, 115 charges against them of mm-hmm. financial impropriety. And <laughs> yeah, I think that that's the backdrop, isn't it, of all this success. Yeah. Is, I get it may not have been quote unquote this season, but that's I know. I yeah. think I think, yeah. I, I mean I've shared my feelings, I think, in a group chat, but I feel I feel like this is just like a yeah, like you, like you prefaced it with like people being bitter or whatever, but it's still the facts that they've kind of quote unquote cheated in a way of they had, they had a, they have a lot of pending charges, um, against them. But make no mistakes, man, you still have to do the job on the pitch. Yes, uh, they've benefited from, you know, getting any player, you know, that they want at any time. They, they'll pay whatever price, uh, facilities, uh, backroom staff, directors. I get it. But man, like, <laughs> like you can't yeah, deny yeah. what they're doing on the pitch and even their recruitment. You know, so many times this season I've heard Pep say that this season I wanted to get proper defenders. Obviously, we we're used to Pep with Joao Cancelo and Zinchenko, and he's won leagues with them. This Donny is saying this season I need proper defenders. He gets in a kanji, he moves on Cancelo, he puts Ake left back. It's like this, bro. This is this is coaching, bro. This is this is what I want to see from Jurgen Klopp. You get me? Like, yeah. It's not Pep doesn't rest on his laurels, and this is what makes him great. And this is why, like the the pending charges. Those are pending charges. We'll see what happens. But I don't want to. Yeah, I w- I just want to hold give... that against Pep. Nah, you don't n- hold that against his team. You hold all. it against the ownership. Essentially, the ownership, the exactly, ones... exactly. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to mention it too tough, but. Yeah, what they're doing, man, is 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 fantastic, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, shout out to Pep, who in the European Cup final benches his starting right back for mm-hmm. a centre back who's been playing at left back <laughs> and moves his other centre back who has been playing as a six, which is already crazy enough, to then moving into an eight. Bro. That's, like oh, man. it doesn't make sense in your head at times. At but, all, man. Yeah. He was, I mean he was tinkering again and for a long part of the game we thought, yeah. Pep is fucking it again. He was tinkering yeah. again, but this time, yeah, it was into Milan, man. Eventually, the goal was going to come. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we let's speak about tinkering then because, I mean, I hinted at it before, but the man we all expected to score was Rodri. That's obviously a bit of sarcasm because the man we all expected <laughs> to score was Erling, Erling Haaland. And I, he disappeared. He was not there at all. He was not in the game. Like... Mm-hmm. I think with three centre backs, he had to go and absorb. Like, Acherby was on him like a rash. Exactly. Like, Acherby played yeah. that game brilliantly, especially for a 35 year old against exactly. that pace. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I was worried for Acherby, but he did well. He was brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in fact, he's a lone player as well. He's going back to Lazio. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Erling Haaland, like, obviously, amazing season 52 goals in 53 games. But yeah, like he was just—he was nowhere. Like he wasn't on the I mean, pitch at times. Erling Haaland for the past couple of weeks, probably the past two months, he hasn't really been bagging like that. So he's done—he's done his most of his jobs like mm. pre-April, and um, I think in the Champions League he has—he scored one in the last. Was it five they said or something? Oh, or was it like all games? I don't know what it was. All competitions or in the Champions? I don't know. But um, yeah, I hope he carries this particular form into the into next season. To be honest, <laughs> but. Um, I must say that um, Inter Milan, you mentioned Acherby, they they defended really well. It's what I expected. And I think like the Dutch commentators, they were saying like, um, 
before the game because obviously the lineups came out and obviously we all expected Inter to play like five five uh, three two, um, yep. and obviously like in the Premier League, uh, Brentford plays that particular formation as well, probably better than Inter Milan to be honest. But they they play that particular formation as well, and they've beaten City twice. So I think Inter Milan probably looked at those games um, and and kind of tried to try to make mimic it to a certain point and. Yeah, especially in the first 30 minutes, man. It, it went, yeah, it went according to plan, man. City were bamboozled. They couldn't handle it. I think, like, the defenders struggle with, like, two strikers as well because they don't know who to pick up. Um, they, they they lost the midfield battle as well. Rodri and John Stones. Um, but specifically Rodri, he was he was nowhere near. He was yep. nowhere near anything. I agree. Um, so, yeah, man. So, the formation, that particular formation seems to be a formation that, you know, Pep struggles with. And I think that's why he was tinkering. But it was still not clicking. But yeah, man, what can we say? Yeah, hey ho. But mm-hmm. I mean, you say Harlem. Oh, well, I mean, I said Harlem did a, did a piss disappearing act. Kevin De Bruyne in <laughs> his second European final <laughs> pulled I... out again. This time, apparently, it was a hamstring injury. He was down for a while, tried to run it off, and then just couldn't go on and like you you want to apply logic and be like oh yeah it's a bit sad but we don't do that here <laughs> one of our podcast members before this game said that he was his goat that kevin de bruyne was his goat and it took him all of 30 minutes to renege on that <laughs> saying <laughs> Because you can't be doing that in a Champions League final twice. That is the light shine brightest on that boy, and yeah, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. But again, yeah, like uh, I was going to call you Pep there. I don't know why, but tactical uh, genius, mate. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, like just quickly. Obviously, he mentioned that he's been playing with like a bad hamstring for like two months, and it completely snapped during you know a pressure moment. So you could actually, you could actually um, attribute that maybe when it, when it comes to crunch time, you know, this guy's either super nervous or he's, you know, he's not on it. He hasn't really got the bottle and he, he you know, he, you know, something in his yeah. muscles triggers something and he gets injured. Uh, but what I, what I found, um, obviously he gets, he, they take him off. Who, who did, who did they bring on? Phil Foden. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it's not even like a, Big, big drop-off like that. But uh, do you remember, obviously, in our final against Madrid, where first 20 minutes, we had Mohamed Salah. We were, like, yeah. on top of that game. Mohamed Salah goes off, we completely capitulate. Whereas City, yeah. they keep it going. And that's the difference, man. Like, obviously, like, our replacement... Who, who, who came on for Salah at, at that time? I forgot. Um, Wasn't it Divock? Because you already had Bobby and Mane starting. Yeah, it was Divock. It was Divock. And, um, yeah... And they bring on Foden, and yeah, they, they still ended up. Uh, yeah, man, I can't say anything about. I can't say anything bad about City, man. I don't know. I want to hate, uh, but if you do a treble and a three p in the same season, man, that's yeah. What what yeah. more can we say? Scary times. Without KDB, scary time. and I've got a question without, though. Yeah, go for Hold it. Jake. I've got a question though. Obviously, they they um they um equaled United's um. United's mm-hmm. big achievement that they, you know, that they like to boast yep. about. 
and United themselves in about ten in about a decade now, they haven't come near a Premier League or a Champions League. Do you think like United will be back to being United or like how 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 do we obviously we're deviating a little bit, but the power shift is the power shift is like it's kind of like City are now like the you get me yeah 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 so like City are if you're a kid in Manchester at the minute you're probably going to grow up wanting to support City just purely mm. because of succession. Um, the only way it changes, and this is the same for the entire Premier League, I think, like the chokehold that City have on it. The only way that changes is Pep goes because he is the game changer in yep. that team. That's not that is just a fact because like. I was having this discussion with a Liverpool fan from my uni and he was basically saying he still doesn't rate Pep as highly as everyone else does <laughs> because Why? of it's like stuff like spend. Like he's always ha- had like ability. I don't like it. I'm, I'm no. not a fan of the argument. My argument against it is, especially when it comes to City is pre Guardiola City were a top four team in the league without a shadow of a doubt. But they weren't consistently winning leagues. And nope. you, you think of the leagues that they had won, like the Aguero year, for instance. They didn't get it at a canter. Mm-hmm. They just won it. Like, And then Pellegrini won the league in the final year. And I think that was sewn up only with a couple of games left, if I remember correctly. Um, but even but even with Pep Guardiola, he's only won the league also at a canter twice as well. Yeah. If you think about it. So he's it's not been easy for him neither, to be honest. But Not at all. But the the difference is that that he he we had to deal with City, but he had to deal with Liverpool, and then obviously this season he had to deal with um, um, Arsenal. You get yep. me? So I think like he had to deal with probably higher quality of teams. Um, oh yeah, and you think of in his first year, like I get that he quote like he didn't have his own squad; he was having to mm-hmm. work with someone else's. But he had to do that Bayern and Barcelona, and still managed it. Yeah. But that first year, City were third and they were comfortably yeah. third. Not in the like good sense in that they weren't challenging for the title. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that was the last year I managed to see Chelsea win the league. But mm-hmm. they did that. Like that game when we went into City and beat them 3-0 purely on the counter. Like <laughs> that, But that's the sort of thing where Pep's had to overcome it. So overall, yeah, I think in ju- it's not even just in terms of Manchester, in terms of the whole league. Until Pep leaves he will yeah, probably have a stranglehold on yeah like yeah. and when does he leave it's i almost think it's not even up to him it's more like his family would just be like right we're bored of manchester weather now let's <laughs> like let's go back and get some vitamin d let's go back to wherever as long as he's got sun his family but, probably live in london or something man and he's just yeah. he's just there yeah i, I could honestly i can imagine that yeah <laughs> um but yeah, again, unfortunately, congrats, City. You have now completed football. Um, you've also had the side effect, which is even worse, is that now Arsenal fans get to say that the it's only the Invincibles that is left to be replicated. <laughs> oh, but the thing is, it's fa- the thing is, it's facts, though. Yeah, I know, I know. You I just can't don't even like. Hear it. I see people like, yeah, but I think like with Arsenal, like Ar- Arsenal, so it's a funny one because like I feel like you have to win the Champions League to be like considered. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, f- yep, I yep. remember when Chelsea won the Champions League, that's when people like, okay, Chelsea is now, you know, heritage. I think Arsenal hasn't quite got that. They haven't quite got that yet. And I think that the Champions League, even for City, was important for them to win it, to get that, to get over that, 
to put yeah. you in another bracket. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Like, we, it's even just that Europa League final that Chelsea beat Arsenal in. Like, mm-hmm. that, that was a much bigger game for Arsenal than it was for Chelsea. And it, for me, it showed a bit on the game, but I'm not going to give Arsenal any more airtime. We're moving on. <laughs> um, right. So we'll now go back to our usual order of doing it in chronological. And that starts with the Europa League final. And. What a final that was. I loved every minute of that. So you had the absolute kings of the Europa League in Sevilla, despite mm-hmm. their horrible league season. Like they were relegation threatened for a good yeah. portion of it. Mm-hmm. They were winner of six of those trophies in six finals. You're then taking on Jose Mourinho and his own personal record of six wins from six European final records. So Unstoppable yeah. force meets immovable object. And Mourinho did what Mourinho does best when it comes to setting up his team. That is, park the buses, try a counter when the numbers look right and only when the numbers look right. And whenever humanly possible, breaking the flow of the game by going down easily, mm-hmm. doing every tactical cheap foul they could, and then abusing the ref. Because that's what we have to call it. That was sheer abuse what Anthony Taylor had to deal with for the 90 yeah. minutes. Well, for the yeah. 120 minutes, because of course it went to extra time. And that's not even from the players. That's the staff as well. There mm-hmm. was 14 yellows handed out by Anthony Taylor. And side note, before we speak about the game, Drew, Anthony Taylor was actually brilliant in that game, I thought. I know obviously yeah, like, referees get a lot but- of shit. Because I, I do agree with, um, and I think UEFA agreed as well, that Roma should have been awarded that penalty that he um, that he called off. Because yeah. that there was clear contact. Cause, but apart from that particular moment, yeah, Roma had nothing to complain about. And Sevilla, to be honest, because they, they wanted a few things as well. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he done a brilliant game, but he lost. I think the thing with Anthony Taylor, he loses control a lot of times. And I... I I don't know, man. I don't. I don't rate him like that, to be honest. But oh, I'm not gonna lie. I, I when you see him refereeing against Chelsea, I absolutely hate it because I know <laughs> we're gonna be in for a long day. Yeah. But I I thought he had a really good game, but then mm-hmm. obviously the videos came out. He is just trying to go home, and he's getting abused in the airport, yeah, that's having not shit thrown. Yeah, that was that's disgusting. Eurofa, that's not nearly good enough. Even like uh, Mourinho, Mourinho pulling up to him in the car park. Oh Did my you see god! That one? <laughs> Heritage Mourinho. Oh, what? I love. Oh my He's god! Too like, funny, man. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, like imagine just like being at home with him and playing like Monopoly or something. Bro. Like that man cannot take a loss whatsoever. Nah, man. But anyway, <laughs> we'll funny. go to the game. So Mourinho and Roma they take the lead one 0 in the first half. They and that is really against the run of play because, like I say, they were doing nothing to actually win the game. Mm-hmm. And then Sevilla equalised in the second half with a. A well-worked goal, as far as I remember. And then it, it was just such an even game. I don't think there was much between them whatsoever. But just like the individual storylines, for me, Paolo Dybala, we need to speak about him because mm-hmm. he's, I think he's been one of the more talented players around, right? But mm-hmm. it's even it's not even work ethic with Dybala. It's just the fact his body has genuinely given up on him. Yeah. Like, I think Mourinho said something like, and this is typical Mourinho, like they reckon they'd get at most 20 minutes out of him. Mm-hmm. And they got an hour. But mm-hmm. it's like your best player is getting giving you an hour at most. And yeah. 
especially when you rely on him because I think Dybala he's got this really odd release clause in the summer where it's um it's 20 million euro or something like that so it's dirt cheap for someone of his talent but Roma can say no we'll reject him we'll double your salary mm-hmm. but a foreign club could get him for I think something again like 12 million euros yeah for a man of Dybala's talent but then I'm sat there I'm like well, I wouldn't want it at Chelsea because we're doing this big root youth revolution. But if you're... Because he's going to want big wages. So you think if you're a big mid-table club in the prem, man. I think mid-table prem. You mid-table, yeah? Yeah, man. Because I feel like his, his injury record is not... He reminds me of like Daniel Sturridge. When Daniel yes. Sturridge... That's what he reminds me of. So obviously, clearly the talent is there, but you're not going to get a lot of games out of him. And that's just the facts. And these mid-table teams, at least they can... I don't know if you agree with me here, but they could probably afford it a little bit more than the top six teams to have like a luxury player like that and probably save them in like 10 games or whatever that they might need to, you know, get into, you know, conference or Europa League or stay afloat in the league. So I don't know, man. Well, I've just, I've just Googled it just to see. And his salary is apparently 140k a week, apparently. So like light in the prem <laughs> yeah the, the, yeah i get i get that especially when people like wilf and rice are getting offered two hundred thousand. yeah like, bro the, the money is there it's just <laughs> mm-hmm. are you gonna give a man that money who 60 minutes a week like <laughs> i mean because the talent is there he can win you games like yeah man he's sick he done it against <laughs> final he, he he won them the, the tie against final and um obviously this game he scored a he scored a good goal as well he, the talent is still there. He got yeah. an eye for eye for, eye for a goal. Um, set pieces as well. He's he's useful for that. But you need to get him hundred percent. And I don't know at this stage of his career if that's um, feasible, man. No, and I think especially in the Prem as well, when that is a hard league, like it's Syria. Mm-hmm. Syria obviously it has changed. It's not just us. Like it is still the slowest league I think in out of the top five, but it's not mm-hmm. a slow league anymore. Mm-hmm. But Surviving the Prem is a different ball game. Like, so, I mean, I'd like to see him just to see what he could do. But do I maybe, think maybe actually... your Wolves? Maybe your Wolves might. Oh, Wolves yeah. apparently got no money. Like, oh. apparently they are fucked on financial fair play. Like, they have got to get people out the door. Otherwise, it's trouble time for them. Like, remember when Rafa Benitez went into Everton? He could spend some like two million. Apparently, that might be the situation at Wolves. Damn. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about Wolves. I want to talk about Jose Mourinho because, Mm -hmm. like I said, this was, of all the times Mourinho has gone shithousing, this genuinely might be his piece de resistance. It was superb what they were doing. It was six, seven people around. Yeah, honestly, like, I mean, I'm being sarcastic with it to be superb because it was a nightmare to deal with and i've already given my flowers to Andy taylor but they were like every little thing jumping up all the coaches mm-hmm. were jumping up from the bench six seven players surrounding the breath every single time shouting his face trying to put pressure on and whether it worked or it didn't i'm not really too sure but the rumor is this could be Mourinho's last ride with Roma. Apparently, mm-hmm. he's not happy with the investment, although they did spend $150 million in his first year, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he may or may not be in line to get the PSG job. Yeah. 
I think if he get, he's the only man with an ego big enough to handle that PSG mm-hmm. dressing room. Because, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's like tactically got it in him to dominate every week. And then, but does he? Is he like almost the perfect candidate for PSG? Yes and no, because obviously, like, he would come in and would probably be the biggest star, or he would come in that way. Because obviously we have Mbappe there, you have uh, Neymar at the moment there, but Jose Mourinho is probably as big of a name as them. You know what I mean? So, um, so in that sense, in that sense, it might be good for for them to 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 have a Jose Mourinho. But then, does uh, Mbappe, for example, who who is PSG basically, does he care about Jose Mourinho? I think when Jose Mourinho was at the top of his game, Mbappe was still a UU. And, you know, now he's just, he knows this quote-unquote washed-up version of Mourinho. So I don't know if he will put respect on his name like that, if Mourinho does what Mourinho, you know, does, you know what I mean? So I don't know, man. It could clash, but it could also work wonders, isn't it? With Mourinho, you never know, man, because at Madrid, it was the same thing, man. He clashed with a lot of people and he likes to, you know, isolate, even top players. We've seen it happen with Casillas. Um, yeah, he likes to isolate top players. He doesn't hesitate. At Chelsea, he came back. He did it with Mata, of all people at that particular time. Oh, damn, that broke my heart. That actually broke my heart. Seeing Man me. United, he did it with Paul Pogba. So, yeah, we have to we have to wait yeah. and see to see if this is actually a, a, a marriage that should happen, man, because someone might have to say, say stop. Um, I, I want it to happen. I want it to happen. Like PSG are almost as chaotic as Chelsea are at the minute. Mm-hmm. And I I just want the agent of chaos that is Jose Mourinho to go in there. Because he is a whirlwind. Yeah. And for better or worse, that would be beautiful to Yeah, watch. it would be just, good telly. It would be good oh, telly. I agree. <laughs> 100%. Um, one final note on this game. Montiel for Sevilla. Candidate for the biggest cojones in world football at the moment. Mm-hmm. In the same season, he is the winning penalty taker in the World Cup final and the Europa League final, despite being a sub in both games and despite being utterly anonymous in both games. Mm-hmm. Like, to step up in both. Yeah, not worth it as a footballer, but has two winning penalties in one season. Like, fair play, lads. You're, he's going to dine on that for the rest of his life. Good on you. I think I think yeah just to just to finish on that yeah I think um um now let me ask you what do you think about this penalty rule but like that you have to be on your line you can't be even like a cop like a half a meter up in front of it what what, what what's your thoughts on that Yeah I d- yeah I don't like it I, I think it's like bullshit it. man it's so yeah. it- Obviously, don't go obviously to the D or whatever that that's not what I'm saying but yeah. if you're like half a meter to a meter like upon when the ball is getting hit that's that should be fine man like I, f- I find it such a bullshit rule because if you have to stay on your line more time the ball's already in the net before you're actually diving you have to yeah, you know no, anticipate I, what i think they should do is and they did it in like the u.s so a lot of people are going to hate the idea immediately <laughs> but it's essentially like a one-on-one not a penalty oh, kick yeah. <laughs> so where like you'd have to dribble it up and then try and score on the but the do you actually, th- do you actually think they should do that on the series try it why like we might as well trial it because at the minute i think penalties are 
with the keeper the way they are, I think it's like put XG wise, it's about 0.75. So like three mm-hmm. and four penalties go in. And that mm-hmm. is not including like the penalty takers talent, right? Mm-hmm. Or situation, whatever. Fucking have some fun with it, man. Like, let's, <laughs> like that would be so much more chaotic. And football needs more chaos because more chaos means more weird shit going on. Yeah. And that's always better. Like yeah. a penalty shootout is tense enough, right? But imagine it like in the final, you don't get your run up because I think you can see it a lot more in penalty shootouts now, like mm-hmm. especially in England, both the penalty shootout winners in the, I think it was championship and league two or league. I can't remember. Basically like they referenced an FA report on penalty taken and how to be better at them. So like how to stagger your takers, what everyone, like what process everyone should follow, what you should do beforehand. Mm-hmm. And you can see like a lot more people are taking the breaths, trying to control the moment because the taker has all the control mm-hmm. in the situation I'm proposing. There's no control. What can yeah, you control? You've got the there's ball no advantage for anyone. No, like you, but you have got to be on it because you can't control your run up anymore because you have to be running at the keeper and the keeper can do so many various things to alter that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be a lot more fun. And <laughs> that's why we should do it. That's my closing argument. Right. <laughs> but be, it'll be funny though if it goes all the way, then the center backs, the keepers need to do it. <laughs> yes. Love oh, that. Love man. that. All right. FA Cup time. So you already know the result, listener, because I said it earlier, City won the treble, and also it's been a week. If you've managed to hide under a rock that long, why? It's pretty much my answer. But um, City defeated United 2-1 on the whole of Manchester's big day out to Wembley. Not even the three bucket hats that United passed out to the supporters could lift their spirits because they went 1-0 down in 13 seconds. Yes, one three seconds. Thanks to an absolutely sumptuous Gundogan volley. Mm-hmm. Eyes on De Gea, not for the first time. Um, United, they clawed their way back into the match. They were very scrappy, but City couldn't really break them down. It was almost a precursor to the fi- interfinal, really, where they were struggling for quite a while. And United, I think, deservedly equalised a Bruno penalty. Um, but although that decision for that penalty was mm-hmm. a hefty amount of bullshit mm-hmm. on Jack Grealish right there, but Oh, you think? What? Oh, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. As in, you didn't think it was a penalty? I don't think it was a penalty. No, damn. Like, I think mm-hmm. the distance A and B for me, that's a natural position. Like, yeah. I think the rule is if your hand is above your shoulder, it doesn't really matter. It's like, yeah. all right, fine. Like the rules, police come out and defend it. It's like doesn't make the rule good though, does it? But anyway, um, <laughs> second half. City score early, another Gundogan penalty, even more eyes on the hell. Sorry, a Gundogan volley, even more eyes then go on to De Gea. And United really didn't put up many opportunities afterwards. City were able to coast home quite easily. Um, Drew, we'll start with David De Gea because first goal, you can argue, was harsh on him. Like you're literally just getting into the game. And it just went straight by him. He obviously wasn't expecting the shot, blah, blah, blah. That second goal was yeah. awful goalkeeping from him. I don't know which one was more criminal, that one or the Ben Rama one early in the season, uh, oh. in the competition. <laughs> like, David De Gea, yeah, like, I don't know, man. This, this version of David De Gea is not good. I mean, Golden Glove 
obviously you see me mocking the Golden Glove thing, but I think that has more to do with United's defense than David De Gea, to be honest. Um, yeah. David, he's, a, he's, he's still a brilliant shot stopper, don't get me wrong. But as a top goalie, as a goalie for a team that has ambitions to win the league, win, you know, win the Champions League, win whatever cup they're in, you cannot have a goalkeeper like David De Gea, man. I'm sorry. You need, you need like an all-rounder. And even like the Champions League game that we watched yesterday, we saw two keepers on top of their game, man. Like doing everything that you would like to see from a keeper, even though I don't really rate Edison like that, but um, he he was there. Game when, of his life. Yeah, he was there when it mattered. You get me? So I think David De Gea, like at some points, yeah, he, at some games, sorry, you see he he, he does the mad thing. But then in other games, in key games, like he 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 um he gives goals away like the Barat Ben Rama one. The second goal or the second goal, Gundogan's second goal. Even the first goal, Gundogan's volley, you can, you know, if you want to be harsh, you can criticize him for that. And it would be totally fair as well, to be honest. He's not good. And I think um United, but I do think Ten Hag is looking to replace him and looking to make him a second goalie. And he should, he should. That should be one of the priorities, in my opinion. I think because for those that aren't in, like, I say in the know, like, read United coverage and fair play, why would you want to? Um, <laughs> but, like, apparently United's budget isn't loads this year. It's, like, between the range of, like, 100, say, 120 million, plus whatever they can generate in sales. And you think they're probably going to end up paying about, 60 to 60 let's say 65 million for mount right mm-hmm. and whatever side you lie on or whether or not that's a good signing or not for them that's completely irrelevant to this point is that so you've then got let's say 50 to 60 million left for a striker because they need a number nine you can argue if they need to upgrade on De Gea now but they need a number nine yeah that true team. true so then whatever money you've got to spend on the keepers whatever you can get from outgoings and Whilst De Gea needs upgrading on, fact is, goalkeepers need to be good with their feet. And like you said, that Champions League final, like I'm now sold on Anana. I was previously mm-hmm. a bit, or oh, should Chelsea go for him? I'm completely sold on him now. He was <laughs> sumptuous on the ball. Yeah. Um, but and De Gea needs upgrading on that respect. And you're right in the sense that he won, he got the Golden Glove for most clean sheets, but he also had the most errors leading to goals yep. this season in the Premier League. Like, so th- those, those, two st- those two statistics does not match. You get exactly. Me? Yeah. Exactly. So, I do you know I'd need to upgrade on De Gea? Yes. Is it going to happen this season? Not necessarily, I don't think. I, I'm. Well, you would I think would... that they would have ambitions to, unless the ambition is again to just be top four and hope for another, hope for a trophy. I just think the amount of holes in that squad that there currently are, and just a, yeah. overall a lack. I think there's a lack of depth in that United squad. To be honest, like you think Casemiro's come in and had a massive impact. If he goes mm-hmm. down, which as he gets older is more liable, it's just a fact of football and any athletics sport you do. Well, yeah. they would crumble once again. They have no Casemiro replacement. You've got no Bruno Fernandez replacement. You've got no number nine. You've got if Luke Shaw goes down, like Malassia, I think looked decent, but when Shaw came on, it was a lot better. Like 
they are missing a lot of key. Yeah, depth. that's true. And that's true. So that's again, true. as much as much as I agree with you, they do need to improve on him. I, I think Prez said it like the discussion right now is probably they're going to try and give him like just a one year extension. For me, that just sounds like they're buying time. Like, mm. right, we'll we'll settle, quote unquote, with the hair for now, upgrade other areas of the squad, then come back to it next year. They and probably that means they probably got their eye on someone, but the person is not available yet. If if De Gea yeah. is still gonna be the number one. I I I would means. assume so. I I think yeah. it's very much a case of I mean, depends. Like if they manage to get enough outgoings, like if Maguire leaves for a decent amount of money, if um San- Sancho about to leave, hey, yeah. I was going to get on to Sancho watch. So <laughs> don't, don't worry, Drew. I'll give you your, your space on that. But um, yeah, there's, there are a couple other people, but I just, I don't, I, at this moment, I don't see it happening. And you're right. I think that really damages United's ability to challenge for top four next season, because it's not going to be at our canter. Obviously Liverpool are going to be back and Chelsea and Spurs can't be as shit as they were last season. It's the same point I had for Arsenal with their title challenge. Like those guys are going to take more points just from not being as bad. You would assume if yeah. you see what I mean. But fuck it, who cares? Um, Sancho, watch. You're up. <laughs> what? Ah, <do> <laughs> uh, in terms of the that the FA Cup final, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, just a sheer lack of impact <laughs> as if he wasn't there and just constantly dribbling into Man City players like he was at training with them all those years ago. Mate, like I said, man, like I genuinely foresaw Sanchez Premier League career like this. I like I I foresaw it happening like this way. And the way I, the way I saw it, yeah, it was basically more time actually was wh- whenever he put on an England shirt because in an England shirt he hasn't been that super no impressive as well. Yeah, no impact. And it seems like the game is going past him. <laughs> like he's thinking, like, why is everyone moving this quick? Um, that doesn't mean that Sancho is a bad player because I've always said, like, Sancho, like, he's very... For me, what I've seen from Sancho um, at United, like, whenever he's in and around the box, he's very, very good. Like, that's where that's where I fear Sancho. Outside of 16, I don't fear him. But whenever he's in the 16, he seems to have this composure that, suddenly, that he suddenly downloads. That's like world class. You get me, but mm-hmm. Sancho is not. He's not. Prem, he's not a Premier League player. I'm sorry. He's. He's. The, this league is not for him. It's too intense. It's too. Um. Um. Yeah, it goes too fast for him to the point that, and I don't see him like adapting to it because you got players like him that you know first season. Ah, oh, it's, it's a bit too much, but you can tell like ah oh, next season I'm gonna adapt and I'm gonna come harder. Sancho is about to go into his third season. I'm, I'm sure. Um, I don't know if Ten Hag has given up on him, but the rumors are now coming out saying that if we if we can get at least 60, 50 to sixty mil from him, we'll sell him, and and that says a lot to be honest. Um, what, He's what he, fifty or sixty million for Sancho, <laughs> bro? <laughs> that, that's like, that's another thing. So he should just go to back to the Bundesliga, man. I think if he goes back there. Probably back to Dortmund as well. He could become a Bundesliga legend and he could become this great player that he was as well because, you know, optics doing doing bits in that league and then obviously carrying that confidence into the Champions League, you will look like a great player again. You know what I mean? And yep. that's what you should do, man. Uh, I, 
I get it. I like say the first season you can struggle, but you can see the talent, and then second season you kick on. He hasn't. And what's even worse, and this is the difference, because we were just, well, you guys were discussing in the group chat earlier, is that now it's almost moving on to Anthony Watch, in <laughs> that he needs to start making an impact. But the difference is, and I think it is a crucial difference, is that Anthony's a Ten Hag signing. Ten Hag personally lobbied for Anthony mm-hmm. to come in at great expense, no less. Yeah. So Ten Hag will look at Anthony, and he has a lot more invested in him. Sancho. Well, Ten Hag would just say, well, that's the last re- regime's mistake yeah. and draw a line under it because he doesn't have the responsibility on that. If he doesn't make Sancho a great player, well, it doesn't really matter to him. Like, yeah, it would be ideal if he could. Yeah. But exactly. the, thing, the thing is, the other difference between Anthony and Sancho for me as well is that Anthony, at least, I can see him actually trying. <laughs> Even yeah. even though he does a lot of nonsense in the game, I can see him actually trying to get at players, trying to beat players. It's not a coincidence, coincidence that every time what's his name Garnacho comes on for Sancho, <laughs> he's looking like he's looking like the superior player when actually he's not, but he's looking like the superior player because Garnacho yeah. does everything that you that United actually want. <laughs> you get me from yeah. a winger, hundred percent, hundred percent like that. And again, like Garnacho is a great point because on the right side with Anthony, like. Palestri, mm-hmm. Ahmad when he comes back on flown, like mm-hmm. that's his competition. Whereas Garnacho has been doing it in the Prem. Like yeah. that bonnet he's got on his head is fucking disgusting. <laughs> but at football, he looks quite a talent. And yeah, I think, yeah, he looks good, man. I'm not going to lie. He looks good. I've, and there's even rumors, there's even rumors that, that, um, um, Money Mace might return as well for them. That Ten Hag is like Ten Hag and the players want they want to reintegrate re- reintegrate him. But obviously, we'll leave oh, that to the yeah. United Dons to confirm properly. But I've been reading that as well. Oh, so no. yeah, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> like if I'm I I'm not going to call out um, Char Prez on that. But you can't support him coming back. I'm sorry, like. Yeah. I get that he, the case was dropped against him and we live in a society where thankfully you are innocent until you're proven guilty. Mm-hmm. But he bad his missus. <laughs> like there is no shadow of doubt in anyone's mind that he beat the living shit out of her, like was abusing her verbally as well as physically. And she's chosen to forgive him and maybe he's turned a corner and that is great. But should you be rewarded for that behavior by being given your squad place back? I don't know. It's a very tough gray middle ground yeah. that clubs are having to face a lot more. We all know there is an, a player that plays for a North London club that apparently is facing a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. There is a player for Everton that is unnamed that was, again, facing a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. That, and, that case um, got dropped as well. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, so... That's all I'm going to say on it. But would would I want to see Mason Greenwood back in the Premier League? No, I would not. Like, if you want to go play football, go play in a different Turkey. society. Yeah, to, like <laughs> Galatasaray or Istanbul Bashakir would absolutely love you, I reckon. <laughs> and you get to, you don't even have to go anywhere on holiday because you're already at Turkey and they've got lovely beaches. Um, <laughs> final, final. We need to discuss the Conference League final. And Prague truly set the stage for Europe's third competition with Fiorentina taking on the Hammers. 
And first half was all square. It was very tight. Um, only real highlight of note was that VAR rightly ruled out a Fiorentina goal for offside. Mm-hmm. But Fiorentina looked on top of the game. They had most of the ball. They were really prodding, but West Ham were holding strong. And then the second half, that last half an hour was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Ben Rama winning his... They, I can't. Who won the penalty for West Ham? It doesn't matter. Ben Rama absolutely smashed it home. Lovely penalty from him. Fiorentina burst into life. They equalized five minutes later, thanks to Bonaventura. And that last 20 minutes were brilliant. It was just... That was nerves personified for both teams because... Mm-hmm. I get in the like the Champions League, it's obviously a heightened situation, but you've got in the Champions League, you've got City who are full of perennial winners who are used to winning. And yeah, I get it's their first Champions League win, but still, like that is a team full of professionals at the highest, highest, highest level versus Inter Milan, who are European heritage. They have won the competition multiple times. Mm-hmm. In the Conference League, you've got West Ham going for their first European trophy versus Fiorentina, who I think were also going for their first European trophy. Like, mm-hmm. And you could tell those last 20 minutes, like the Fiorentina fans did not stop singing. The West Ham fans, I think. But that's but no- that's that's what needs to happen, man. That's I love yeah. that. And, and Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah. And and, and the, sorry to, to cut you off there, but it's like, it's either like, obviously, um, you know, when West Ham even like won it and they did their parade and people were talking bad on it. It's like, are you, are you crazy? Like, this is, this is like, and this is, this is why I hate fans here. Even like when the Caribbean, the Carabao Cup gets, you know, teams win it. Just, just look at the players' faces and see what it means to them. The actual players that play and win and, and you, you know, not you that, that are watching from the stadium or you that's watching from, from your TV, the actual players, it means a lot to them. This is why me personally, I don't necessarily discriminate trophies because every trophy is a trophy, bro. Like all yeah. of us, when we were younger, when we were playing football, every single tournament that we, we wanted to win, bro, we wanted to get the medals around our neck. So it goes the same for, for, for these footballers as adults as well. Like, and it was brilliant to see, like you said, man, like the last 20 minutes, the fans on both sides, they really wanted it. They never, they never, these teams hardly win trophies, let alone European trophies. So they, uh, yeah. they are, they are there within a shout to win a European trophy. Fam. <laughs> I 100% agree. And I like, obviously the FA Cup final, I had no interest in because it's the domestic final and you've got two teams I dislike, right? So I didn't really want that. <laughs> Champions League mm. final, the actual game, whilst tactically it was very interesting, was actually a bit of a bore until yeah. City scored and then in a side to attack, right? Yeah. The Europa League final, the again, the actual gameplay wasn't great. It was just all the off-pitch stuff Fights. and all the theatrics around it. And this game, again, was it an entertaining like goal? First off was terrible, no. man. No, it was, but it was so tense. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a Chelsea fan, so I have a natural disdain for West Ham, as West Ham would have for Chelsea. That's just like it's the same with every city, right? You're going to have disdain for the other clubs there, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But I was sitting there wanting West Ham to win, completely honest. Like they, like obviously, we see those players more, and I was like, go on, lads, like actually go for it. And they did. Like that winner, the ball from Paqueta was beautiful. Like that slice yeah. open Fiorentina so, and Bowen having the cojones on the run to finish it. It wasn't the mm-hmm. nicest finish, don't get me wrong, but it went in. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So West Ham, they win their first European trophy. That parade looked amazing. Like yeah. P- 
piss off everyone who's complaining about that. Like, why are you being fun police? Like, people like are having it, a good time and get a chance to celebrate. Bruv. Let them have their moment. Like, ugh. Fucking and it, it, it was it. nice to see, because obviously, um, I think, co- correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they are the, uh, are they the only professional team in East London? I'm sure there's... there's... Uh, Millwall. Oh, yeah. Okay, you got Millwall's or... But, you know... I think Mill was more like in the southeast, right? Uh, well, yeah, like if you're going to play geography of London, then yeah, probably east, east London, you'd go West yeah, Ham. I'd say you got yeah. West Ham, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they have a lot of fans, man. I think their their um their parade, the, like the the open bus oh, parade, is mental, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I was I was quite surprised, but um, yeah, I was so happy uh, for them, man. A hundred percent, and have to give our flowers to David Moyes, like oh this, yeah. Mm-hmm. This season, the chosen one of United Succession Plan, like the league has been awful for them. They survived. That was all that they need to do, but mm-hmm. they just weren't at it whatsoever. Couldn't finish their dinner. They spent a David- lot of money in the summer, and some of it just didn't work out. Case in point, Gianluca Scamacca is nowhere mm-hmm. to be found. <laughs> but I think the thing with. Sorry, sorry, Jake. Go on. I was just going to say this cup run, like David Moyes' legacy is saw it now it's it's not probably as big but Ranieri at Leicester it will have the same impact he will be remembered now for West Ham forever yeah and deservedly so that's what I was about to say because David Moyes is a funny one yeah because he's actually managed some great teams Everton United Sociedad I swear he came back well, he did, he did West Ham twice, didn't it? He? he did West Ham yep. twice, I think. Yeah, yep. they sacked and, him for Pellegrini because they thought he would do better, and he they mm-hmm. just got worse. <laughs> and they, yeah, and they got him back as well. So this is just the cherry on the cake for him, man. Like I'm, yeah, like you said, I'm also very, very. Even though he's managed the ups twice, but I'm very happy for him, man, because people, um, after obviously the United thing, people are getting David Moyes a little twisted with being like a whack manager and being one of the last of the Mark Hughes, Sam Allardyce, <laughs> you know, them man. But David Moyes, really and truly, he's not really them man. Like he got Everton to the Champions League. They didn't really qualify, but he he reached fourth with them, right? If yep, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. David Moyes, like he's not, he's not your average, average manager, man. And he's done really well. Obviously in the league, like you said, it's been poor, but you know, last season in the Europa League, um, they lost against the brilliant Eintracht Frankfurt, so you know you can excuse that. But then they went again in the Conference League, and now they're back in the Europa League. They can try, they can go for that as well. And this is what I want to see from like English teams, man. We need to have uh, like heritage Conference League, Europa League teams, and slowly but surely, West Ham is becoming you know that team where they go to the latter stages of these competitions. And it's nice to see, man. And I hope you know domestically they have a way better season man because West Ham yeah from what I've seen they're a big club man and they deserve much more yeah well come on you Lions um one last point on them Declan Rice their captain getting his Eden Hazard moment mm-hmm. get winning the European trophy before his last game as their owners already come out and said we've had the contract offer on the table for 18 months he's not going to sign it so we expect him to leave I read um that. all Twitter is saying that he's going to go to Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Tabs in our group chat is sending voice messages like there's no tomorrow about him. Um, yeah, like he's going to go from a European champion to Arsenal. Downgrade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's a thousand percent downgrade, boy. <laughs> hey, what do you mean? Nah, I mean, I mean, you guys know my 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 thing with Declan Rice, man. I think I think he's a good player, but I think he's so overhyped, man. Like, like so overhyped. I don't I don't think he's like a normal player. Don't get me wrong, but I think he's just above normal at the moment. And I'm very interested to see because I think he's at the right time to now move to a big club and see. Um, See what he's about. So I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on him. To be honest, I, w- I won't cast any judgment yet. Wherever he goes, personally, I don't. I, I wouldn't want him at Liverpool, but like United, Chelsea, or Arsenal, wherever he goes, man, I'll be I'll be looking at him, man, and maybe maybe he'll turn it up, man. But I'm not yeah. as confident as others. That's fair enough. I think I think he definitely works at Arsenal. Like he, he mm-hmm. upgrades on Partey without a shadow of a doubt. But is it Partey um, or Jacker replacement? I think it's Jacker, you know. Well, we'll have, One to, of them. we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see <laughs> yeah. if Partey gets through the summer. Mm. Um, but um, like, I, I think he'd work at Chelsea brilliantly. And I agree with you for the most part in terms of his playing style. But I just think it's like the quote-unquote intangibles, like the leadership and stuff like that, I think is what yeah. Chelsea desperately needs. Mm-hmm. And I think he would he would bring a lot in that regard. But again, we'll have to see what happens with that. Because like I say, I think he, it looks like Arsenal at the moment. but. Yeah. I'll just be one of the interesting parts of this offseason we've got coming up in this transfer window. Um, Drew, we'll, we'll move it to the bar because our time is up. We're getting thrown out, but we do have some time for some last-minute shots. Do you have any and who they're going to? Uh, yeah, I, I think I kind of gave my shot earlier, man. But my shot definitely goes out to David Moyes, man. Like I said, um, he's managed some brilliant clubs. Um, obviously, this time at United has kind of tainted his his managerial um, capabilities where he's actually like a brilliant coach. Obviously, I saw that it didn't work out neither, but it doesn't, you know, he, he's not a he's not a La Liga type manager. So that, that was that was doomed from the start. Uh, but yeah, I'm so happy that he's won the Conference League for, for West Ham. Um, and long may he live, man. Oldest manager in the Prem and he's still, he's still doing the bits, man. Needs to get rid of Antonio though, but yeah, <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> The, what the Antonio, the guy who reckons he could score thirty in six team? Come on, mate. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'll happily join you on that shot. Moisey deserves it without a shadow of a doubt. Like he could go off into the abyss that is Benidorm for the rest of his life now and be very <laughs> happy. Um, I'd say, like, who else do I have a shot for? Like, I, I do you know what who I will give it to because UEFA obviously. Oh, I wish. <laughs> oh, I love that man to death. But um, who I will give it for, and it is like, I think he is getting his flowers a little bit, but it's John Stones. Did he have the best final? No. But as I said it, he is a centre-back who was inverting into centre-mid and then was playing an eight in a Champions League final. Like, mm-hmm. to even do that to a respectable level is incredible. So, and he has had a fantastic season especially post world cup like he has really turned it on and he got named in uefa's team of the competition at center yeah. mid that says it all <laughs> like that's genuinely really? says it all yeah 100%. who are the center backs um bastoni and ruben diaz who ruben diaz for me was yeah. my man of the match of the champ of the final he was everywhere he was yeah. proper he's, old he's, showing, he's showing out still he's showing out ruben diaz he's been solid this season yeah, 100%, 100%. But um, listeners, that is it for us. We are done. That is the season over and done with. 
So much like last week, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break, but that does not mean the content stops. So please keep your eyes peeled. We have got some very, very good stuff lined up for you guys to keep you going. And yeah, it's been a great season. Thanks for joining us on the ride. And we love your support and we're going to continue to be here. So my name is Jake. That is Drew. Peace. Peace. What an outro, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. Hey, hi.